Mordain. Mordain, are you there? Okay, I think he's gone. I mean, this is utterly absurd, me having to hide inside my own tent from him. Where but are you? Cole apparently is all over the place. He's shouting his love for me. Here? He's made a no, meal for me, no. apparently, but I'm, I'm having none of it. Kale apparently calmed him down, my but love. clearly it's done nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what's going on. I can't forget Yuri to help me. Apparently he's in the center tent uh, oh, packing up, where, and where, Javier where is, is messing with a line from the Celestial Menagerie. Apparently they were in town, and, uh, well, More stuff dying. happened. But people are wanting some of us to go out for drinks tonight, but I'm staying inside my tent. It's far too dangerous out there with Cole proud. Oh, oh, he's coming. Oh. Welcome to the Savage Bear Podcast. How's everyone feeling? Everyone good? Fantastic. Well, a few of us are stuck in lockdown at the moment. Oh, sure Sydney's are. been doing some stuff and spreading it all over the place. Stuck in lockdown, but still have to work. Yeah, yeah. What a stitch up. Oh, but it's, it's, I think we're doing better than a lot of places did. I think this is like, I feel like we're the only country that really got like a third wave as sorts. Well, we didn't. I mean, we didn't really get a second or yeah. first wave, luckily. Touch wood. No, nah, we're doing all right. Yeah, we're doing all right. But actually, we I had we had a question post to us on Facebook, which Facebook has gone through a process where they've changed how pages are run, and it has deleted all of my notifications from any previous anything's. It's really annoying, so I couldn't go find it. But I remember one of the questions. I'm going to message you later. Good sir, I know you're listening. I will message you at some point and get the rest of them off you. But I know one of them was, where's the best place to find resources to run games like this? And so I was wondering for those DMs in here, Josh and Kyle, and even a little bit maybe from you, Bray, even from character history, it's like, where do you where do you take influences from? All the, uh, all the TV shows that I watch. Everything yeah. that I watch, if I find something that I like or I think is slightly cool or an idea that I think could work in a game like Pathfinder. Hmm. I take it, I write it down, and then try and adapt it at some later point. Do you have any examples? Um, let's see. How's Moving Castle? Oh, yeah. In my last campaign, we had uh, a large floating island where all the pirates lived. Ooh. And the initial um, influence for that was How's Moving Castle. That's cool. And then it kept adapting and growing and changing as I thought of ideas for it and how it would work in the in the campaign world. Mm. But yeah, that was the original influence. That's fair. Yeah, no, I've um, I think a lot of people have watched, for instance, Lord of the Rings, and they've gone, ah, oh, yes, no, I want to do like an epic adventure like that. Because I know a few people have used them for influences, especially like, I know that I default kind of take mannerisms mm -hmm. of certain races from mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings. For instance, obviously, uh, a lot of people take influence from Tolkien for dwarves and elves, elves being so high up thinking of themselves and dwarves being very judgmental and grudge-holding, like, stubborn creatures. And I think I I, I personally, I, I, I like to separate myself from traditional thoughts and just traditional means of, like, certain races and stuff. Like, I love making goblin characters who are actually mildly civilised and stuff like that because so many people play them as, like, 
rabble rousters and stuff like that. That is true. It, I think it is good to put your own spin on things, but I also think there's a lot of benefit to staying within those kind of uh, stereotypes mm. because it, it lets your players immerse themselves in the world more easily because they're already used to the way that those things are represented. Yeah. Like they're able to create this mental image of whatever you're describing to them a lot more easily. And this was something I think I was talking to Bray about before when we were going through some of uh, Yuri's backstory, like describing things to a point so that certain elements can be filled in by the listeners or the players just uh, uh, players' imagination so that they create their own image of what this is and therefore that sticks in the brain a lot harder. So some of the things I'll describe, I'll describe majority, maybe about... 80%, or at least I try to describe at least 80%. That last 20% is you filling in gaps of what these people kind of look like. What about you, Bray? Do you, have you taken any influences from any movies or TV shows or books? Uh, well, uh, I, I like to write my campaigns or one-shots or whatever around the uh, current book that I'm reading or to have just series that I've just finished because I would, I'm very interested in it at that very specific point in time. I'm like, hey guys, we should do a one-shot because this thing is super interesting and I was, I was just reading about it. Well, you also like uh, setting your campaigns or one-shots in world, like pre-existing worlds. Yeah. Because though they have such uh, interesting and like intricate layouts and designs. Well, yeah, most, most of the worlds that I do choose to build in, or at least attempt to run something in, uh, tend to be uh, quite in-depth in their world-building already. Yeah. Like if anyone's read the uh, the Mistborn series, we did we did a, a one shot uh, with with Bray's Mistborn, Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, Bray is the DM. That was very interesting because the magic or I guess it's magic, like, yeah. yeah, I guess it's called magic in that universe is super interesting. Mm. No spoilers. Yeah, very good books. So check it out if you haven't. Amazing books. And Josh, I mean, all the stuff that you run, there's so much. Yeah, like. I can't imagine where you get most of your influences from. Like the whole Eberron campaign, like that we played through for like uh, a year. Well, I'm kind of like the the Kanye West of the D and D world. <laughs> Literally the greatest. Literally great, great genius. Literally the greatest. Never lifted a single idea from another fictional work ever <laughs> before. Not once. <laughs> ever. <laughs> no, but it's it's like. Hide, hiding all my books underneath <laughs> yeah, the desk. Just <laughs> multiple DVDs and books. <laughs> no, it's, no, but it's good. I think I think it's good to take influence. Like it's different with an AP when you're running through an AP, as I'm sure Josh, you know, with like Strange Aeons. Like you can throw little bits of your own uh, stuff that you want to kind of play and uh, jump into a little bit into it. But there's that core like story you're going through. But anything you um, like homebrew or anything that you just like do a small little side path on. It is, it is nice to do something you're kind of familiar with. So, like, you've kind of got a, an idea of your head how you've already seen it play out, so it's nice to throw people at it, I guess. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Thank you for that question. Again, I love answering these questions. Send us messages through Instagram, Facebook, on Savage Bear Podcast. Um, more than happy to answer them. I love these questions. Like, it makes me think about how I do things and how I could even improve how I do things. Yeah. Good fun. All right. Are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. Very much so. All right. So last time we played, we came back to the circus after a fight against three circus folk from the Celestial Menagerie. Yuri secluded himself from the group and started packing up the big top, thinking it was the right thing to do after what happened. 
Bunny came in, comforted him, and reassured him that he did the right thing by the circus. Kale was approached by Tahalia, who said Cole was having a field day in his kitchen tent, trying to create a meal for Mordain after he accidentally infected himself with three of the dream pollen pods. Kale managed to calm him down, and upon tasting his meal, he was very pleasantly surprised at how well he crafted the meal. Kale then convinced Cole to drink a mutagen, causing him to grow scales and become more confident within himself so that he could go find Mordain and give her the meal and profess his love. Javier took it upon himself to create a pen for a new circus animal companion from the Celestial Menagerie, the Andrus. Freya then made rounds around the camp, inviting everyone out for a refreshing night away from the circus to the local pub known as the Mad Mug. Some of the characters got dressed up and so did some of the circus folk. Yuri and Bunny exchanged fragrances, Javier, Tahalia, and the Greeks cleaned up Duke as they wanted to bring him along. Later, Tahalia even surprised Kale with a beautiful dress and took him by the arm to leave together. So at this moment, I presume as you're walking towards town, I'll bring up the map of Abiton so you kind of have an idea of where you're going. There we are. So, you guys are actually making your way through town to the literal other side of the town. So you guys are heading over here. So, you walk past... I think you guys probably see each other on the road and possibly meet up. Um, those of you who did get a little bit dressed up tonight, can you remind us of just what you're wearing? Like, Javier, I think you said you put on something a bit nicer? Javier is also always wearing nice clothing. Go on. But then. just to, to uh, reinstate what it is, he has a very, very fine, if maybe slightly worn... Uh, dark maroon suit um, with stark white linens underneath, a nice white shirt and uh, a cravat or ascot underneath it. Ooh. And then a um, a matching bowler's hat with a, a bright white strip of cloth kind of around it. He keeps his, his heavy moustache well-trimmed, well-groomed, and he has nice flowing curly locks that he, uh, he likes to keep brushed and oiled. And you're, at your side is Duke, who is a uh... Smelling a little bit nicer than usual. He's uh, yes. freshly bathed. I'm sure there's some fragrances in that soap that mask most of his uh, odour. But he is wearing his beautiful bowler hat um, on top of his head. And he's grinning next to you, trying to match your speed. Yuri, what were you going to be wearing tonight? Like, how does Yuri usually dress? Because we we've spoken a little bit about it, but it's been a while. Like, of what the, your characters kind of look like. Yuri... Have you spruced yourself up tonight? Uh, Yuri's put on his uh, best shirt, which is probably what everyone would else would consider their worst shirt. <laughs> uh, but you know, I guess he's uh, Bunny. When Bunny uh, came up to him with the with the fragrances, like I guess you know, put on some kind of effort. So it's just a plain white linen shirt mm. with minimal stains and tearing. And Bunny's wearing his probably second best shirt, I think I last described it as. Uh, his best one, obviously, for the Big Top Knights, but this tonight he's got a very nice white shirt on. Uh, what are they called when the, the, the things they attach to the pants to keep them up? What are they called? Suspenders. Suspenders, thank you. I don't know why I had a mind blank. He's wearing beautiful suspenders, a little bit of uh, fanciness to them, nice jacket on. He's smelling very lovely, freshly shaved head. As he likes to keep his head shaven and trimmed his beard very nicely. And he's smelling a little bit too fragrant. I think he, uh, Bunny put just a little bit too much on, I think. 
Yeah, Javier's motto is that your your cologne should be discovered, not uh, not smelled. <laughs> not smelled. Kale, you're normally uh, dressed up quite fancy. Have you spruced yourself up tonight a little bit? Took his bandana off. Ooh. Slick, slicked his hair back a little bit. Very nice. And, of course, you're arm in arm with Tahalia with this beautiful, like, beautiful sleeveless dress. Very traditional kind of um, tribal, I guess, look to it, but with a little bit of modernization or civilization mixed in there would make it very beautiful. She's got you, your arm, uh, she's got her arm in yours, and you're just kind of wandering down. And you guys make yourself make your way through town. Uh, you pass over the bridge uh, towards the south, uh, past Golden Locks Church. You make your way through the centre of town. All the shops are closed. You see there are some taverns that are uh, not not open, but there are taverns in town that are closed, as you were told most of the uh, town's taverns close early due to uh, unable to pay staff, as we know. Um, Aberton is going through a bit of a hard time, uh, cash-wise, and you know, crop-wise. So as you pass some of these buildings, it's like the first time I think you guys have properly walked through town, and especially at this time of night. Like, it's it's a very run-down town. There are, people are trying to put effort in, trying to prune, make the place nice, but it's hard to do that when most of the gardens you walk past, the plants are, like, on the edge of dying. Trees are quite clearly desperate to find any kind of moisture, and roots are, like, coming out of the ground in certain places just to find any ounce of water or any kind of moisture. You guys pass over the southern bridge, crossing over what was a river, but that is now basically mud. There's a small trickle that goes through, maybe about a foot deep, maybe two feet deep, but it is basically just mud. You guys pass down uh, to the southeast, passing a few couple of buildings. A couple of lights are on. Some people are kind of looking out because, as you now notice, like there are quite a few people walking this way. It's mostly circus folk, a couple of locals... And you eventually end up in front of the Mad Mug. The Mad Mug is a one-story structure with broad front porch. A sign outside depicts a cartoonish beer mug bearing a furiously angry expression, its frothy contents steaming. It's a little bit of a dilapidated building. Some would call this a dive bar of sorts, I guess. Uh, slouching to one side, a few of the windows have been boarded up, or, and one or two of them are visibly cracked. Uh, you can hear from inside a large crowd, and even looking through the windows, you can barely see past the bodies of people uh, inside. There must be like 40 or maybe 50 people in there. Inside, all packed together, and some have tr- even trickled out onto the path in front of the building, as well as on the porch. Duke speaks up. I have a feeling I might not fit inside. Well, friend, then we'll make room for you outside. Yes. <laughs> and a couple of the passers-by who aren't circus folk, they're kind of given like a, a little bit of breathing room uh, around you guys as they're a bit worried about Duke. And he occasionally looks over and goes, evening, and like lifts up his, <laughs> lifts up his tentacled, uh, his eye tent. How would I, de- I keep trying to find a good word to describe it, but it's te- eyed tentacle which has the top hat on it and he kind of just like lifts it up so uh like as if he's like stalk i stalk there you go i stalk thank you but it it's not quite an eye stalk like no yeah it's <laughs> yeah basically he has a tentacle covered in eyes bowler hat on top that he lifts up slightly to say hello to people 
I wonder if we can... Anyway, I'm... You'll be fine. You're, you're more gentlemanly than half the folk here. Yeah, like, certainly hope so. Um, well, uh, could you get me a pint of... Uh, I'll find their smelliest ale, yes. I mean, an ale if you have. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if I get bathroom water that that would go down so well with the patrons, but we shall try. Alright, find what you can. Just a bit of refuse would be fine. An electrical meal, perhaps. I'm always hungry. Even ask them how their sewage is. They've got their backed up a little bit. I'm more than happy to find the source of the blood. Yes, yes, <laughs> my good friends. Don't worry, I'll get you something you like. Yes, that's fantastic. And he kind of waddles over. Like this, this is a large creature. Like he's he, he's a he's a big round boy with three legs, three tentacles. Two of them have got spikes all over them. One the eye covered in eyes and bowler hat, and he's got this massive maw. Like, if you ever... What are those ball things on a chain in um, uh, Super Mario? Oh, the, the little... He, yeah. he basically... Yeah, he basically looks like that, minus the eyes, and the skin's a bit more mucusy. <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe it. And he's got these three legs that stick out of the bottom and the three tentacles sticking out. And he's just... And he wanders over towards the bar, and you see a couple of the people who are sitting outside, maybe a couple of them smoking pipes, like, kind of look at him. Evening, gentlemen. And they seem quite confused, maybe even a little bit nervous. But he seems to strike up a chat with a couple of people on the outside at the smokers area. Is the general vibe of the people who don't know the Duke are they uh, like scared or, or mainly just confused? It could be a mix of both. Like if they've seen the performance, they can't have. It, it, it can go either way because they have seen him as this thing that attacks you. But obviously, if you're walking around with him, it's like, oh, well, obviously, it's a show, it's a trick. They can kind of make that mental uh, acrobatics there to kind of figure it out. Yeah. But people are wary. I mean, this is a literal monster. As, as well-mannered as he is, which he is very well-mannered for a creature like this and of his appearance, some people are taken aback by that. And it kind of, it's nice because it kind of cuts through that stigma that perhaps uh, creatures like this have. Yeah. So when he's saying hi to people, maybe one or two people get up and move, but some people are like curious i guess but with everything else that's been happening in town like yeah yeah like rumors of the demons have gone round now rumors of what happened with you guys getting attacked by the rats and namia have gone around town so people are more susceptible at the moment to what's going on so you have the entrance in front of you who was the the one that suggested we come here in the first place it was freya all right i'll i will wait for freya to enter Oh no, she she wasn't moving. Up. She didn't come up with you. Oh, she she, didn't. she, okay. she, yeah. As far as you know, she probably. Uh, as far as you know, she already left. Oh okay. Yeah, I'll go in then. So yeah, as you wander through, um, you look like as you look inside. The inside is pretty much the same as the outside style. Like slightly run down, little to no art on the walls, and lanterns are like lighting up the room as well as. Uh, you see a few tables with candles on them. So most of the clientele are standing, but there are six circular tables surrounded by people, except for one which has a rather stocky-looking ginger-haired female dwarf sitting down with a goat resting next to her. There is a bar towards the back with a half-orc and two humans frantically trying to get drinks and food out to everyone. As you scan the crowd, you see a lot of familiar faces. The Flamboni sisters are deep in drinking, deep in a drinking competition with the locals, and you do spot Obviously, the Flamboni sisters, Freya and Leia, having a drinking competition with some locals. Eliza is at the bar talking with 
um, Axel, but she's quite visibly bored as he carries on with whatever he's talking about. He's got his doves on his shoulders that every now and again peck at uh, passers-by. <laughs> um, you see the unjoined twins, who are yet to actually meet, but you guys know them, uh, Hesper and Matthias, and they're observing the crowd in unison, just scanning, almost in, like, just watching the crowd together, turning, observing, and watching. Um, you... Uh, sporadically around the room, you do see the dwarven throwers involved in all sorts of activities, from like arm wrestling to drinking with the locals, and even some are uh, playing uh, with the dartboard, which uh, happens to be just a painted uh, target on the wall. Uh, and amongst it all, you see the professor and Chubbs making their rounds, double checking on everyone, local and troop member alike. And overhead, you actually see Teresa and Kanano flying around with instruments in hand playing a tune. I need all three of you to roll a fortitude save. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh... <laughs> Go on, Kyle. That, that's, that, that's, a, that's a one. That, that's a big that's one. That's a one from Emma, <laughs> yeah. All right. I got 21. 21 for Cole. Kale. 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 Not that pervert, Cole. Sorry, Cole. Did I say Cole? You did. Yes, you said Cole. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I will never, ever... Mistake Kale for Cole. I don't believe you. Don't say that. Don't say that. (laughs) Uh, So Kale got a 24. Javier got a natural one. And Yuri got a 17. Yeah. Kale and Yuri, you don't feel anything. But Javier, suddenly, upon hearing this music, it's, it's almost like a weight is lifted off your shoulders. All the stress and all the problems that you guys have been facing the past few days just seems to just elevate a little bit, almost push to the back of your mind. And you start looking around the room and you see a couple of the locals who you recognize from the crowd uh, that surrounded you who were upset at you after you started a fight in the middle of their street, look at you and some of them nod and smile at you. You find yourself nodding and smiling back at them. I think the best way for me to describe this is that your your opinion of everyone else in this pub is a little bit higher than it would be no- normally. Does that make sense? You feel a bit more welcoming. Yeah, just like a wave of kind of respect almost. Yeah, like you, you, you seem friendlier and everyone seems a little bit friendlier to you. Yuri and Kale, you also notice this. You notice that everyone's a little bit chippier, a little bit happier and... You look at Javier, and Javier's beaming. He's got this massive smile on his face. Like, you've got a natural one, so you're going to be expressively... Uh, you can expressively, like, see he how happy he is to be here. The fuck are you smiling at? Oh, there's something in the air, my good friend. It's going to be a good night. Yuri, as soon as you enter, you feel Bunny kind of, like, dart out of the room, and you... you like, he was standing next to you, and you can feel him just brush past you and just go outside. Uh, Bunny... Uh... Uh, what's up, mate? Uh, and he's like standing on the porch, and he's like, he's like facing away, and he's like almost hyperventilating a little bit. Uh, Uriel go out to the uh, out to him and lean down. You look at his face, and he his cheeks have just gone like bright red, like bright red. He's just like, <laughs> you you right, mate? Did you did you see? A- do you see Eliza in there? She, uh... Oh, I think I did. She looks all right tonight. Yeah, no, nah, she she looks real... She looks very nice. Uh, she, uh... 
You, uh, do, you, do you mind getting a, a pint for me? Uh, I might I might take this one outside. Well, you don't want to go and talk to her? Well, uh, no, nah, she's 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 talking to Axel at the moment, and she uh, I, I don't I don't want to disturb I don't want to disturb them. Well, to be honest, she doesn't look riveted with the conversation, mate. Like if you look at her, she might actually look kindly if you go and uh you know spark up some conversation with her yourself, you know. Well, uh, uh, and he's visibly like nervous. He's like like thumbing like his suspenders a bit more than he was before and he's like kind of looking down he's like oh uh, oh oh no uh, oh hell no nah, all right come on mate let's go what and uh, Uriel uh <laughs> grab him by his uh one of his suspenders and basically just like dragging him not dragging dragging but like you know yeah making sure that bunny comes with him yeah. essentially and bunny's like oh oh, 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 oh and then as this is happening kale Tahalia just kind of grabs you and pushes you forwards towards the dart throwing. Just instantly. Oh, I really want to have a go. Towards what? The dart throwing. To the dart board. It's like I said, I wanted to have a go. I wasn't sure they're going to have this. Uh, uh, gentlemen. And she kind of like announces herself to the group that are playing and a couple of the dwarven thro- throwers turn on and go, Hey! Oh, yeah, you, you're going to have a go? You're going to come come over here? And she goes, Oh, don't mind if I do. Kale! Kale, do you want... Are you going to come play? Would you like to have a game? Uh, sure. Yeah, this long's... Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. She she kind of, like, elbows you a little bit. She's like, come on, we'll put a bet on it. Or, like, about first round on whoever can score the most points. Sure. Done. All right. So it's just a simple... Uh, what's the best way to describe it? I guess ranged attack. So you can probably use your ranged attack spell if you're going to be, like, throwing the darts uh, th- through your mind. Well, I'm going to use telekinetic thrust to cheat. And <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, she grabs one, and she she kind of lines it up and gives it a throw. <laughs> Just, it goes absolutely wild. She's like, oh, oh no, she's like completely out of the boundaries. She's just, no, I'm sure that one was broken. I'm sure that one was fine. And she grabs a, a second one. You're hustling me. Uh, no. Why would you think such a thing? She kind of gives you... She tries to play it off with a smile. Got a, t- a 12. You got a 12? Yeah. All right, you, so you, got, you get it in the first circle. So there's three circles set up on this board. You get it in the very first circle. So hold on. Let me, let me, I'll draw it out for you so you can kind of see. I mean, it looks like a target. There you go. So it's right next to the bathroom. And so Tahalia's one goes, like, way off, like, over here. Kale, your one, and goes just about there. A little bit spicy. She picks up another one, goes, all right. And you see her take like a deep breath and just kind of concentrate a little bit. Gives it a throw. Oh. And it pays off. Dead center. She kind of just physically jumps up in the end. She goes, ha, I've still got it. I could still hit an orc from like 400 meters away with a bow. Go on, your turn, Kale. Okay, like quickly get, glance over to see if you if Yuri like was in earshot of that. <laughs> okay. No, you look around. You you see you see um you, you I guess you kind of can see his figure outside talking to Bunny. I got a nineteen. I got a nineteen. Oh, a nineteen plus. Or is it nineteen total? Nineteen total. All right. You get a little bit closer, very close to the center, and she's like, <laughs> "All right." And she like lines up her last shot as she does. You're on your left shoulder, Kale. You feel someone pull at your arm. 
like pull just like and very vigorously kind of pulls as you look over in that direction you can see it's freya and freya is like hey you you come sit down what you you need to come come sit and she's like pointing at the table where her sister is no 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 you you me her drinking we got shots lined up we got we got drinks lined up just for you just just for me just just for you just for you Tyler we're going to borrow him for a second and you see Tyler gets a little bit defensive gets a very very little bit defensive we were in the middle of a game, and Freya's like, no, no, shh, 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 shh. And she just, like, puts her finger on Talia's mouth, just like, shh. Once, just drink for Kale on over there. It's like pointing over there. Come, come. And she kind of grabs your arm and starts pulling. What do you do, Kale? That. What, what is it on the table? What is it on the table? If you have a look over, and from when you, where you can see, there kind of looks like some sort of maybe... A similar uh, colour to maybe like a rum or a whiskey sitting in the middle of the table that's like half drunk and you can see three shots lined up, like shot glasses or small cups with small amount of alcohol in it. I'm not sure if they have... Ah, oh, fuck, they have shots. Shot glasses lined up. Okay. It's what Freya and her sister. Yeah, Freya, Leia, uh, Leia and a few other locals are sitting around the table, but there's only three shots there. So it's just for you three. So, come on, it's just just over over there. You can if you have three and hey, it's just kind of like a little bit wobbly. As she may have gotten into the drinks a little bit earlier than everyone else. Why well, come over there when I can bring the shots here? And we use Mage Hand to lift the shots off the table and bring them over to. All right, then she just kind of wanders off and grabs the three shots. She puts them down on the table. She spilt most of them by the time she comes over. She's like, hang on, hang hang on, hang on. Leia, Leia, and Leia's like, yeah. Like resting a hand on her face, She's like yeah. Like, bring, bring, bring the bottle, bring, bring the bottle over here. And Leia's like, she grabs the bottle and wanders over, and she fills up all the glasses. And they each hold one out. One, one gets given to you, Kale. Do you take it? Yeah. All right. And they go, cheers. And they hold out the drink, clink, and they down him. It was poisoned the whole time. <laughs> I need you to do a fortitude save. Ooh. 25. Oh, crit. Okay, you drink it, and it, it's, 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 I mean, it's alcohol. Like, it hits your heart, and, like, and it kind of gives you a shudder down the back. It had quite a, a little bit of a sour taste to it. But you can see both of the sisters' faces just, like, contort, and, like, Ugh! like, they're pulling faces, they're kind of like, Ugh! and they look at you, and they're like, oh, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't work. And they're like, oh, it didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> So uh, and they like they seem visibly upset that you are completely fine with this <laughs> shot. <laughs> the fuck is this? What are you two doing? What's wrong with you? Well, I mean, there was there was a drink behind the bar that they said it was ex- it was expensive. It was like what was it like fifteen silver pieces? Fifteen silver pieces. And we thought, you know, to get you back for all the bloody mischief you get up to. We we could we could get our own back, but no. They're trying to ice you. Uh, you you're too. Well, they they now look a bit upset. <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> prank you. Well, you'll have to get up pretty early in the morning to disgust me, ladies. <laughs> I bit a clown's face off earlier this evening. So. You, you what? And you see a couple of people in the crowd turn around and look at you. Like you got you're like shoulder to shoulder with a lot of people, but they. T- <laughs> they <laughs> 
What? What? And even they're like, what, what do you mean you put the clown's face? <laughs> a couple of people to turn around and... Oh, come on, you all saw it. All of you. You're all there. Stop ignoring the elephant in the room. Yes, I bit a man's face off. Yes, it tasted like rusty nails. May have even swallowed it. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Right, I'm going to see how this is. I hope he's very, I hope he's very, very <laughs> sore right now. You hear it. Hey! From a lot of the crowd. They all seem to enjoy it. Like, hey, drinks for him. And the girls are like, Who's Trust me, he had it coming. The clown touches children. What? Ah, but it's fine. They left town. <laughs> we saw them go. That was like a randomer, not... Oh, really? Well, yeah, after you, uh, I guess, defeated them, they just kind of left. They kind of just left town. It was kind of... <laughs> I turned to Tahala and I said, ooh, defeated. She kind of rolls her eyes a little bit <laughs> at you. And she, like, throws her dart with a little bit more vigor this time. Maybe a bit too hard than she, sh she wanted to. And it lands right next to where her other one lands. Just right there. And she turns to you and is like, You owe me a drink. Just sternly. Uh, how about two? Yep. Let's do it. Alright. Lead it, lead it to the bar. You wander off to the bar. Javier, after, like, uh, you observe this going on, um, you see uh, the professor, and the professor wanders up. I'm glad you guys could make it. It seems Kale and um, Yuri seem to be settled in. Uh, you just left with Bunny, I guess. But how, how are you doing, Javier? Fantastic. Well, I mean, as good as, good as can be expected, I suppose. Yes, you seem to be beaming from ear to ear. Yes, it's uh, it's going to be a good night, I think. Yes, well, there's a little bit of uh, suggestion by these two. Uh, she points up towards the two frigs that are, like, flying around the bar playing their instruments. It's like, look, I've... And he pulls out, like, cotton buds out of his ear and he's like, what? Perfectly fine. Ah. What's it in? I uh, was wondering why I felt it's... so gleeful. Well, look, it's... We just thought it would be nice to everyone, you know, before... Tomorrow morning, you know, have, have a time to themselves a little bit, you know, time to relax and, you know, it's, it's quite handy. There's a lot of villagers here today, townsfolk, that we can uh, maybe sway them into thinking in our direction after today's, you know, happens. And it, it seems like the, the, the fray has taken up that stature and a lot of people are excited and happy about us. There's even talks of putting on a little bit of a show tonight. I'm not sure if that is the best idea. But not, not, not like a big show in the big top, just like a little thing here. And I think Freya, yes, well. Freya said she wouldn't be fire-throwing. She's got like a, at least a week on her injuries. But Leia said she might be able to do something safely. And so I just thought I'd tell you. Yeah, but, uh, well, how fun. Look, I'll keep my ear out as well for you. Uh, I need to find, see if we can get any information about, you know, What's the, the, the hermitage, or even got these Gosra demons? Townsfolk are talking, and you know, alcohol. Can... Ah, yes, of course, of course. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll keep my ear to the ground as well. Try and find out what I can from some of the more uh, loose-tongued villagers. You, I could count on you for that. Puts his hand on your shoulder, and you see Chubbs is like walking underneath him, just occasionally getting stepped on. So you hear the occasional. Whoa! Honestly, people should look look down. Well, they, 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 Professor, can you carry me? I, I, I've had my tail stepped on three times in the past hour. 
You'll be fine. I mean, you can hang outside with Duke <laughs> if you like. He's like, Duke's here. I think I might stay inside. I think you, um, yes. <laughs> Professor kind of geek laughs to himself and makes his way around the bar. Well, speaking of Duke, I, uh, I do have to find him something to eat slash drink. So that is a quest unto itself with him, isn't it? He has, shall we say, refined taste? I don't particularly know how to describe it. <laughs> or unrefined, however you put it. That. Like that. Uh, yes, no, I'm sure you can find something. I mean, even, I mean, it kind of looks left and right. It's like, you could even do the cleanup of the place. They might appreciate it. I mean, he would. You know, afterwards, after having this many people, and he like imbe- he goes to put his arms out to kind of show the room, but he just quickly bumps it into the one of the dwarven throwers and spills his drink all over him. He's like, oh, sorry, Zaya. Apologies. Uh, but, um, but yes, you see, he might want to come through and clean it up. Yes, well, we'll see how he's feeling in the wee hours of the morning, shall we? Yes. Right, um, right, I'll, I'll, I'll let you be. If you need me, uh... Are you, are you after a drink, Professor? If you're offering, I'm more than happy to have a drink with you. Of course, we can, uh... Discuss more about our plans to gain information from the villagers. Yes, I think that's not a bad idea. And he puts out his arm to lead you on. And we may go. Yeah, um, you come up to the bar, and uh, the half-orc is kind of like handing food over to somebody else. You can see two dwarven arms come up and grab food, and then just disappears into the crowd. He goes, oh, um, what, what will it be for you? Uh, professor, it's, uh, nice to see you again. And he nods and goes, yes, it's him. Nice to see you. Uh, after two drinks, are you grabbing one for the gentleman outside? Yes, well, two of your finest drinks and then one of your heaviest. One of my heaviest? Uh, I haven't thought about heaviest. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can I can make up for you. And the professor goes, thanks, Rolf. Thank you. And Rolf disappears behind the bar, pulls out two ales for you guys and then just brings up this, this mug that's... The liquid almost is like... I don't know how to describe it. It's, like, it's it's a heavy, it's a heavy liquid, almost like mercury, kind of, but in beer form. Yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it. But it's obviously not a jug full of mercury. <laughs> but yes, um, yeah, that'll be uh, we'll call it five copper pieces. And the professor goes, on me, on me. Puts his hand in his pocket to pull a few coins out and drops it on this. Thank you very much. Did you want to? Take that one outside. Yes, I'll uh, I'll go and hang with the Duke for a little bit and come back in later. Maybe, certainly. All right, well, pass uh, pass on my hellos to Duke. Yes, and happy. Uh, well, have a good night, Professor. Happy, happy wake. It's fine to say. Yes, we're celebrating him after all. Celebrating him. He smiles, but you know there's a little bit of emotion behind that smile as he says that, and he wanders off. Yeah, I think Javier doesn't really understand at the moment because he's kind of under the spell of the uh, the two fairies. Yeah, like a little bit of his like, oh yeah, no, that's right, we're here for that. But then he's kind of like real happy anyway, so he doesn't really get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yuri, a door opens and you're pulling Bunny on behind you. Yeah. And as you're looking around, you can see Kale is in the middle of a uh, throwing contest, uh, well, a dart contest, throwing stuff at the wall. Uh, and you can see Freya's moving over to talk to him. Uh, you can see Javier deep in conversation with the professor. And uh, you can see Axel talking with um, Eliza, who is just sitting there 
head just kind of slouched on her hand, and you can hear every now and again comments from Axel, and Axel's just going, the disposition of them flying around, beautiful. They migrate every four or five years, you know, moving to a place. <laughs> Very avian. Avian, yeah. Um, discussions. And Bunny's like, uh, are, are, are you sure? Uh, she, she's... Yeah, mate, look look sharp, mate. Uh, uh, we're, we're going in. Right. And Uriel's, uh... Wander over to the uh, to the two at the bar. As you as you walk in and people start to notice, like your figure walking through the crowd, people bump. Like obviously you're pushing through the crowd a bit more than anyone else would because you're a bit of a more heavy set tall boy. Yes. Like you're like you could very easily touch the roof, um, especially the slouch side. Head is probably very close to scraping. Yeah, well, not, it's it's about probably ten feet tall. So, or is it a nice? Tall so you got about yeah, okay. what yeah, nice. two feet clearance. Two, two, two foot, foot clearance. clearance. I still can't believe how large I agreed for you to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. But yet, yeah, a lot of the townsfolk go, hey, it's the knuckle belts. And you hear a couple of people clap, and a couple of people go up to shake your hand, and obviously they're like hip, like just about chest height. And just, yeah, drinks on him. Yeah, Uriel, yeah, just re- return the joviality, I guess, but it's probably a little bit half hearted. Uh, he'll try and keep up some semblance of, uh, like some some public face, but yeah, he's he's just not really feeling it tonight. So, but he is feeling uh, getting getting Bunny into an, an uncomfortable situation for himself. So, uh, definitely, uh, well, yeah, patting people on the back, or like shaking hands or whatever, pulling Bunny behind him, gonna walk up to Eliza say. Bunny's like wiggling. He's like, "It's all right, yeah, all right, yeah." And he just like walks in front of you and goes, "Well, how how should I do it? Like, how do I how do I get over there and just talk to her, mate?" Yeah, but how? Well, I'll come up and say it. You just say, "As you're not going or something like that," and it's just natural after that, you know. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. He wanders up. Uriel, be behind him. (laughs) He like wanders up. He goes, "Ah, and you can hear uh, Axel going. He's like, and if." The feather disposition and, and uh, the way that the feathers fly out, it means I can get a bit more air bo- Hello! Ah, young sir! Evening, both of us. Uh, ah, Yuri. <laughs> it's great to see you. And the birds are on his shoulder, still with a few mild stains on them. You, uh, managed to clean your birds up then, mate? Oh, uh, I did what I could. Like, as you can see, and it's like... Pulls out one of their wings and he pecks at his hand. It's like, oh, I got most of the colour out, so I think it'll take a few more cleans before we get it all out. But, yeah, uh, they look all right. still wondering who did that. No one's telling me. But apparently they may have gotten into uh, Chaos Kitchen and got into some of his art supplies. I'm still not sure. I'm trying to put the pieces together. I, don't you worry. I will get to the bottom of it. Nobody disgraces my birds like that. Oh, of course, mate. Perhaps uh, you should do some uh, investigation tonight, mate. Go about and uh, see what... Uh... You know... It's not a bad idea. I think when we return to the circus, I might have a look around and poke through some nets and see what's up. Never thought of myself as a private eye, but I'm sure I could get some help. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, uh, anyway, we're in the discussion of uh, how doves like to migrate during the winters, whereas it gets too cold in Absalom. Oh, do they? They do, yes. And Like, as much as... You know, actually, who loves to hear about doves? Who? I must have. The Duke. The Duke. He he <laughs> loves talking about yeah he loves talking about uh, them birds and whatnot. He's uh he's, he's actually quite a bird watcher. Yeah. I did not know that Duke was a bird watcher. Oh really? All right. Well, I may have to. He loves it when you put on your little dove shows. Oh ah. 
What's what say we go out and have a little chat to him now? What you reckon? Oh, you, you know what? I think uh, is that is that all right, Eliza? Is that is that all right? And Eliza looks up and is like, uh, yes, I am fine. Uh, yes, uh, hello, Bunny. And Bunny's just standing there like, ah. Uh. <laughs> hello. How how are you, Eliza? And Eliza's like, yes, um. Uh, very nice, thank you. Um, uh, Mr. Tickles is feeling great uh, after you've uh, been helping us this morning. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm glad she, uh, he, I mean, uh, I'm glad he's feeling better. Uh, yeah, uh, it's really Yuri who helped. And he's like very awkwardly pointing up towards you. Oh, no, no, mate. You had most of your hand in it, mate. It's all right. Well, uh, anyhow, I'll... Uh Go out and see what this talk about birds is with, uh... Yes, no, I do With Axel here, and, uh, leave you two up to it, eh? I do apologise. I was I had no idea that Duke was such a bird watcher. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, uh, that's, uh, Well, that is, uh... That's fine with me. I mean, I uh, uh... Bunny will look after me, won't you, Bunny? And Bunny goes, uh... Drake? Uh, both of us? Drake? <laughs> yeah, uh... Uh, okay. And he kind of comes over to the bar, and he has to, like, climb up onto the stool a little bit. Because they're a bit human height, so he has to like climb up and he goes, Uh, what, what, what will you be having? And you guys disappear from the situation a little bit. Yeah. Kale, you're standing there, uh, just like talking to some of the people, and some of the people are cheering you on at this point about biting the face off the uh, clown. And you hear a, Oi! from the back of the crowd. And all the noise in the room seems to get a little bit dim. Yuri, you notice this as you are heading out to the door with um, Axel. And Javier, you hear this as well as you're getting uh, taking your drinks out and kind of next to uh, Yuri. Yeah, you hear a voice and all the, yeah, all the noise in the room seems to die down a bit. And you turn around and you see four men standing together. One of them pointing at Kale with a dirty finger. Two of them have several bruises on their face. One of them still has candy cane stuck in their hair. <laughs> you recognise them, at least those two, as the two ruffians that got into a fight on the bleachers yesterday night during the Featherfall Fives performance. You gotta pay for what you did to us. The one with the, uh, with all the sweets stuck in their hair says to you, Kale. You gotta pay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the crowd starts to, like, move out of the way a little bit, and you see they're kind of, like, getting ready to get a bit antsy. Uh, you see they're starting to spread out uh, in the room. But from one of the tables, you notice the professor comes out. Comes out of the crowd. And he's like, stop, stop. He's trying to put like his hands in between any of the fighting that happens. But you hear a voice come from a table saying, Lads, outside with this. Not in here. You know the rules. All four of these guys turn to the left almost nervously and looks back to you. He goes, right. Outside, four of you, four of us. And they walk, and they, like, go to walk out the door. Yuri, hearing this, uh, not Yuri hearing this, Bunny hearing this, his ears go up, and he starts to get out of his chair. I just, I, I'm going to put my head, I'm going to gesture to Bunny and just be like, sit, sit down, sit down. I'm going to walk after the four guys. Once they walk outside, I'm just going to shut the door behind <laughs> them and then put a chair in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As as they as they walk out and they all just start like, like flexing and moving and stuff, and like Ugh. they like, walk outside and they just Ugh. they turn around and they just see that the door's shut and they're just like you can just kind of see it out the window. They're like, "Oi!" 
Cowards! Come on! And they just rattle, rattle, rattle on the door. Rattle, 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 rattle on the door. Uh, turn around. Is it Duke outside? I think so. Uh, yes, actually, in fact, if you, if you, uh, we're going to have discussions about birds. He is a bird He's watcher. a bird watcher. I had no idea. The actual pops up about that. The <laughs> jury were heading out. Um, hmm, odd. Um, Javier? I think uh, Duke said that he wanted to introduce himself to some of those men, right? Oh, no. And possibly. I don't think they're bird watchers, though. <laughs> He's clearly got no idea what's going on. <laughs> he, he, obviously, he has no memory of what happened last night. He woke up this morning to his birds. Oh, well, he right. woke up last night to his birds were beautifully coloured because of chaos. <laughs> Did they really have to come looking for fucking trouble tonight? Like, what is with this bloody town and just their insistence on trouble? Like, I'll tell you what it is. They're so bored that they seek trouble wherever they can find it just for a little bit of excitement in their lives. Oh, why do they need a bloody excitement? Like, oh. Bloody hell. Well, why, why do we need it? We strive for and seek excitement all the time. It's just ours is generally, typically not dangerous. Bang, 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 bang. Cowards, come out and face us. And they start like, like, you can see that some of the locals are getting upset. And even the bartender's like, what's, what's going on? Oh. Are they causing trouble again? These lads, these four lads want to fight us. Were they the muggers? I, I don't know. I really just don't want to have to fight someone today, you know. Well, look, can you... Like, I'm just fed up with it. Right. Oh, Pruna, Pruna, And you, you uh, hear a voice go, yeah? Or not yeah, like, yeah? Uh, that was a different yeah for me, but... <laughs> can you sort out those lads? Right. You hear a scrape of wood stand up, and you hear, like, the walking coming over, and a, and a pathway opens up for this dwarven woman. Big burly arms covered in tattoos that look like snakes breathing fire. She's got a scar down her left eye that comes down and at her hip is a goat that seems to be absentmindedly looking in one direction with one eye and looking in the other direction with the other. <laughs> She's gonna got her arms to get arms together and look at you. You messing my boy's messing with you. They're trying, yes. Dicks. Alright, move the chair. Are you gonna go fight them? I'm gonna fucking flog them. Do you need some help? Well, I mean I'm not gonna say no, but I, uh, I would help you, but I just it's just, I really don't want to have to nah. fight someone tonight, you know. It's just supposed to be for Miron, so... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I've spoken with the professor. I yes, well, do feel partially responsible for their misbehaviour. Look, if worse comes to worse, Violet will sort them out. And she kind of, like, uh, like moves her head towards the goat, and the goat's just... Right. Staring around the room. Just He's just chewing on a uh, beer coaster. Well, I've learned not to underestimate dull-looking animals, so I'm sure you're right. <laughs> okay, I'll lead over to Tahalos. I love this. That goat has the cold, dead eyes of a killer. Tahalos <laughs> uh, just like, yes. <laughs> yes, well, uh, I, I'm not particularly... Fond of getting a fight with it, but I am curious to see what it could do to those gentlemen. <laughs> Starts laughing a little bit. I have to admit, I am quite curious as well. Well, let's see what's going to happen. Maybe I won't help then. All right, Uriel, move the uh, chair out of the way of the door. All right, door will open up, and the lads are out there. It's like, finally, you cowards of! And she steps out, and you just see their faces turn white. And she just goes, like, hold on, I can't do it. Is that loud enough? Yeah, Violet. Sick him. And you just see Violet just 
charges out of the door and just like hits one of them in the chest, forcing them down the stairs to the entrance way. And they go, shit! <laughs> and you see them just start to run out into town. You can see it, bah! as they run off. You hear Duke in a conversation with someone outside. It's going to be preposterous, the behavior of some of the low lives that come to these bars. And another man's just like, yes, no, I do believe that the town should be cleared up a little bit, you know, with all the riffraff. And you see them running down with uh, Violet chasing after them. So why were we needed at the church when this goat was in town? <laughs> I, I, honestly, I didn't know anything about the church until it happened, and I have to say, it's not a bad, uh, bad job you lads did. At this point, the professor wanders over. And goes, uh, gentlemen, sorry, introductions. This is Prona. Uh, Prona, this is Yuri, Kale, and Javier. Evening. She sticks out a hand towards Yuri. As big fella you are, is your shake. <sighs> yeah, pleasure. We, um, were discussing something before, but she said she wanted to speak with you guys about something first. She has a little bit of information for us, apparently. Yes. But, yep. Look, we'll speak outside, so the, uh, you know, pioneers and all that. Oh, it really matters, but it's just, you know, I want to get out of this fucking pub. It's too many people. After you? He walks down the stairs and just, like, goes out the front. And she uh, pulls out, like, a, a rolled tobacco cigarette and just puts it in her mouth, lights it. Like, right. So, you, from what I've heard, like, you're good fighters. You get along with the mayor, right? Sure. All right. Something like that. Now, those lads... I mean, they deserved a beating for years. Like, for ages. And since work's gone in town, like, uh, no work, people get bored. And these lads have been, like, running a mischief around town. So I'm, in fact, a uh, town thinks I'm, like, the leader of sorts. You know, leader of the muggers. And it's not it's not what it is. We're not the muggers because, like, we, you know, hurt people. It's more muggers because, you know, the name of the place. And we usually hang out here. Right? But, uh, look, we just want honest work. And I, myself, are looking for an honest job. Now, I've heard that the uh, local sheriff in town has gone missing. Someone mentioned that. Oh, perfect. There's your job. Well, that's what I was saying. I was going to have a word with you guys, see if you could uh, have a word with the mayor about this, and, uh, you know, I'm already getting along with them, and they're clearly, you know, scared of me. So they won't cause any funny business. I was wondering if you could have a word with the mayor for me. You could mention it. Right. For you, yeah. I mean, a little bit of order in this town is definitely in order. Too right, if you, right? You know what I mean. Just need someone uh, be able to take on problems that this town's clearly had. You know. That's right. But yeah. Well, perhaps uh, if uh, the mayor sees fit to uh, put you into that position, the uh, problems of the town might start to dwindle. You know, yeah. if they, you have, you have enough hands to tackle it. Exactly. My thought. And, like, I mean, look, there is... He might not be so uh, kind-hearted as uh, Word on the Grapevine was that he was going to uh, uh, arrest me and some of my lads. Something about breaking entry. Uh, I don't know what they're talking about, honestly. I have nothing to do with it. But, uh, yes, yeah. You can have a, a word with him, maybe sway him over to, you know, thinking that, you know, if I can stop, I can stop most of this mischief happening. So it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be nice if you could have a word. And, uh, what, uh, 
what rank or, or offer should we suggest your 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 friend gets? Oh, none. Oh, well, wait, you mean Violet? Stand, yeah, stand she's still yeah. chewing. Oh, I mean, you know, every good sheriff's got to have a sidekick. I mean, uh, Violet can be my deputy. Yeah. All right, all right. I'll say that. I think I think you're like that. And the blank stare, just still staring at her and Yuri at the same time. I like this goat. Uri's going to reach down to see if he can scratch the goat on the uh, between the ears. It seems to take, like, zero notice as you do it. And is like, mm, don't normally let, me, let people do that. Not a lot of people can do that. A lot of people have lost their fingers. Uh, well. And others have lost, you know, uh, limbs and stuff from the head. Or not limbs, but, like, you know, bleeding, uh, punched like him, pointing at the guy who's, like, unconscious on the ground behind you guys, who got pushed down the stairs. Yeah, I mean... Fella deserved it somewhat. Oh no, no, I know they deserved it. It wouldn't be, the, it wouldn't have been the first appendage I've lost today, so you know. Yeah, fair. What'd you lose? You got a good scar. Half me fucking ear, eh? Ooh, fuck me. Looks up at it. How that happened? Bloody uh, what was it? Uh, some filthy, pestilent demon creature in a church. Don't say. Filthy bastard. Yeah, well, I reckon I could take on a demon. And she starts, like, like, opening up her fingers and cracking her knuckles. It's like, these two things aren't good for nothing. Well, if we had had Violet, I, uh, I think uh, we would have been all right. So, you know, definitely, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll have a chat to, to the mayor for you. Because this fella, this fella right here, he's, he's good quality. I'll tell you right now. All right. Sounds good. Now, all right, if you can... You sway him this way, all right? I'll give you a... Well, look, I'll tell you. Look, you've been kind to me. Hey, let me give you... All right. So a few of my lads, like, saw this halfling that the professor was saying that there's been a couple of issues with with you and her. I mean, we we dealt with her, Yeah, right? well, the, the, the rat bitch. Yeah, no, nah, she she looked no, well, she like uh, hair, purple hair, looked like a bird's nest. Had some sort of rat. That's the one thing on yeah, her head. Yeah, it's kind of grotesque, to be honest. Yeah, we a couple of the lads saw her prowling around and decided to follow her. Uh, about two nights ago, I'd say, they saw her disappear towards uh, your circus. Um, came back with like like a whole flock of rats. Is that what we call them? Flock. A flock of rats? Uh, honestly, not sure. Right, well, a, a flock of rats following her. A few nights later, a few lads uh, caught her prowling, like, two nights ago. Like, Sheriff disappeared, like, four nights before that. Lads were stealing some supplies from behind the grocers, and one of them spotted a few rats acting, you know, strangely, running around and acting, jumping around, doing odd things, things that rats don't normally do, right? And so they followed them. Led all the way out of town, just outside, to the Lindell or Lindelli Brothers Barn, apparently. And look, the lads were going to hit that place up anyway, because they just left town and, you know, uh, they might have left some goodies behind, so they say. So they were going to head up there and, you know, cash the joint, see what's up. But when they got there, like, apparently, a massive plant attacked them. It's a big fuck off thing tried to eat them and one of the lads apparently shot himself because all they could smell was like eggs is eggy breakfast it was a rotten smell and they fled back here but 
I don't know if it helps, but... Hmm. It's a bit of something, something that, you know, for you to help me, I'll give you that. We had heard that the Lindell brothers had left town. Or disappeared, yeah. rather. It's rather strange, really. But then again, I mean, not many people are hanging around town. But now with the sheriff gone, but the new sheriff is... It might be the same. Hmm. I'm sure you understand, uh, Prono, that... If, uh, you become the sheriff, you won't be allowed to have all your, your boys, as it were, going out casing places or whatever. No, look, 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 like I said, I'm not really, like, the leader of them. They can do what they want. The sheriff was the one who had the issues with them. And, look, I mean, I can stop them doing what they're doing uh, if I become the sheriff. And it means uh, crime rate will go down in this area. Yeah, of course. Well, that's, yeah, kind of, kind of what I was alluding to. None of, none of them be deputised. They're too fucking thick to think outside of themselves. You know. Are you about them? They're not fucking hard to run off. All right. Well, look, I'll leave you with that. When you next see the mayor, just uh, bring it up with him. Sure thing. Right, just, I'll be, uh, well, I'll be here. Mm-hmm. I normally, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. She puts a, throws a cigarette down on the ground and stamps it out. And goes, right, it's time for another beer. She wanders back inside. As soon as she walks away, I'm going to turn to Yuri and be like, I don't trust her. She seems a bit sketchy, doesn't she? Yes. The, there's an, an air of ulterior motive around her. It's just like, you know, she was saying these are her boys or whatever, and Yuri will point to that he's still unconscious, I'm assuming. Or maybe just starting to stir. He's unconscious on the ground. Straight up, all right. Yeah, well, uh, it's just, yeah, it seems weird that these are a boys or whatever, and they just kind of, like, fucked off or whatever, scared of her. But then, like, she's telling them to go case some place, or they're telling her when, she's, when they're going to rob place. It's really confusing. I'm just... Exactly. Like, like I was saying, like, this town seems to just go looking for trouble, you know what I'm saying? Well, I think if we can use her for our advantage, we should. But giving her reign of the town seems like a bad idea. Well, we didn't say we would recommend her to the to the mayor. We just said we'd talk to him about it, so... That is true. Perhaps uh, you being the more diplomatic one uh, might have a better way with it. Does seem a, a little bit disingenuous, though. Well, I mean, we just tell, tell him that, you know, uh, she expressed... Her interest at being the, the sheriff, and then, or or if you have another suggestion for someone else who might be the sheriff, I don't know. All right. Well, let us think on it. I'm going to go find some trash for the duke. Good idea, mate. Do you all wander back into the pub? Yeah. Uh, will, yeah. All right. So, how long do you guys want to spend here? In like a few hours, remembering that dawn service. Yeah, Uri's not going to stay too late. He'll have a couple of drinks, um, talk to a couple of people, and then head back to get some rest before the dawn service. All right. Uh, Javier's going to stay there until late, or at least until um, the Duke starts getting tired and wants to head back. And he's generally out. He likes to be up pretty late. That's fair. And Kale? Uh, no, what's everyone else? So it just starts clearing off. I guess he'll uh, check with Tahala and ask if it's uh, time to leave. So you guys head back. I'm 
to get a frame of mind of how long thinking of here. So you guys head back inside. Tahali is Brink comes over with two beers in hand and goes, You you owe me for this and pass one's over to you, Kale. Oh well you missed your outside and I just got left in here to buy the drinks. Oh. Sorry. Just gives you attitude like an attitude like what the fuck face. Right. Should find a quiet place to sit down. You guys manage to like you might have to wait for a little bit, but you do find the table. Sit down. A couple of the dwarven throwers are around. Yuri, you as you enter the uh, as you enter the uh, the pub, you notice that Bunny and Eliza are deep in conversation. Good. Good. Bunny looks quite worried still, quite worried, but he's uh, he's deep in conversation, like explaining something. And rather than looking bored like she did before, she seems very very interested in what Bunny has to say. That's good. Well, uh, when I was gonna say when when Uri leaves, he's definitely not gonna seek to take Bunny with him. He's just gonna go back by himself. Have I, uh, um, as you come up, you do notice that Axel is trying to explain something to Duke <laughs> around the corners. You know, like just watching them in their freedom flying around the place. I do enjoy them on the floor decaying. I get the taste of the floor. I don't think Duke kind of understands those higher concepts. Like, he's not dumb. Something distinctly lacking about the way he thinks. <laughs> and I think all these these weird concepts that, uh, that Axel's trying to teach him or explain to him just go over his head and he's just trying to be polite even though he doesn't really understand. The nuances of the two legs. Yeah. And Axel was just trying to explain to him the whole time, like, the beauty of a bird and what it could be like to fly free. He seems to get tearful at times. <laughs> like, he really wants to be a bird himself. <laughs> just imagine the freedom. Oh, uh, <laughs> Axel, man. I love Axel. But every now and again, you see him, like, you see people finish their drinks and he sticks his tongue into the, the actual uh, mug itself and, like, clean out the extra bits. Someone notices him doing this and then they start handing him, like they hand their mugs over to them and he starts cleaning people's mugs as they're going. And eventually this becomes a thing. Like, you have like a small crowd crowded around Duke as he's cleaning everyone's mugs. He's like, another one. Does anyone have another one for the Duke? And someone goes, oh yeah, no, I've got two here. And he goes, starts licking out whatever's left inside. Someone will throw him a pretzel and he'll catch it. And the crowd will go, hey, and cheer. Um, I'll, I'll set up a, a drinking game as well. I'll say, anyone who buys the Duke a drink and then subsequently beats him in a drinking race will get mm, two silver pieces from me. And if they fail, they have to buy me drinks all night. This, like, empties the bar. Offering people two silver to drink, to, to beat a drink, beating a <laughs> drinking contest, like... You have no idea the 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 economical impact that has on this town. <laughs> and people, yeah, people start lining up buying drinks. Some of them buying two or three. Um, well, actually, like like I guess four, so they can have second chances. And yeah, a lot of people try and do it. And I don't think I like half the like by the end of the night, they're not even drinking it. Like some of them are like so drunk, they're trying to drink it faster than the Duke. But the Duke just eats the glass. <laughs> 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 yeah <clears throat> Bunny and uh, Bunny and um, Eliza. Eliza talk through the night Yuri as you're just kind of sitting there just kind of I guess observing I don't know if you're just sitting there watching them creepily no nah, you're just like 
position himself uh, maybe on near a table or something with like the dwarven throwers or whatever just like mm. lean up against the wall and just quietly observe the in like everyone for the night talking to people if they talk to him but not as like kind of keeping his own counsel not not seeking yeah not yeah okay a couple of people were from the crowd um both local and circus folk occasionally talk and say hi small pleasantries you know just enough to have a keep the conversation going a little bit and then they'll disappear yeah. a couple of the locals buy you drinks very appreciative of what you did um for them in the church mainly i think kale you find you finally get a, a table to sit at and you're sitting there with Tahalia and you're just rambling on talking about everything and anything talking about do you what how much do you discuss with Tahalia like do you talk about your past at all with her or yeah anything like that so she knows a little bit about it about your um let's say um or anything she doesn't know be happy to divulge okay so yeah most of, like, you guys have, what, you've known each other for, like, two, three years now. I think, yeah, you joined the Celestial Menagerie, like, two years, maybe just after Yuri turned up. And she, you and her just kind of got along together just to get through the horridness of it. Like, hung out with you. And you're like, that's a partnership you guys have carried on into this circus. So, yeah, I guess she, she, so she shares a bit with you. Like, you know about her history of how her tribe was... How she grew up fighting orcs and Belkson and how her tribe was almost constantly at war. And every now and again you see her turn around and look at Yuri. And just like looking looking at him and then looking back. The whole time the, uh, the, uh, the twins are in the corner just staring at you two drinking. One of them's... Actually, I didn't even describe what they look like. Oh my god. So the two twins in the corner. Hold up. Sorry. Um, Hesper, Hesper and Matthias Jax, the unjoined twins, uh, two lanky sisters. One of them has long white hair, wearing a black and purple dress on, and the other one has long black hair and a white and yellow dress on. Y you can never identify which one's which, by the way. <laughs> it's always a mystery who's who. And they're just standing there and they're observing the crowd, and then when the conversation's interesting, which you guys are talking about, they seem to just kind of look at you and listen for a little bit, and then just kind of look on carry on but the night starts to wrap up a little bit people start to leave you guys eventually I'm not sure again I'm not sure how long you want to stay Bunny ends up leaving and is walking Eliza back to camp the Duke by this point has fallen asleep uh, Yuri would have left before that point sorry okay so Yuri leaves before then um, the Duke has fallen asleep out the front by like I guess if you guys turned up there about like 7 o'clock Duke's asleep by 10 o'clock if people are feeding him drinks just passed out in the front. Surrounded by broken glass and, like, pretzels. Maybe even a couple of locals have fallen asleep on him as well. Like, lying against <laughs> him. <laughs> Alright, I'll... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll use him as a pillow and just kind of stay with him through the night. And Kale, how long do you and Talia talk through the night? <laughs> yeah, whenever everyone else starts clearing off, we'll leave as well. Alright, and you guys... Wander back. Yuri, you're probably one of the first people to get back. What's your plan when you get back there? Back to camp? Um, like, how how set up is the pyre? Yeah, yeah, that was what the plan was, was just to make sure that everything was set up. I think there were people... He, he was got the riggers to start setting it up. Okay. Uh, during the day, but he just would just go over things and make sure it's all 
set and ready to go and whatever. Maybe, um, I don't know, just like sit outside uh, Miron's uh, cart, oh, cabin, just quietly for a bit, just thinking for a bit and then go to bed probably. I was just sitting there for a little bit, you see people pass by. You don't end up seeing Bunny coming back by the time you go to bed, unless you wait up for him. Um, no, no. You see odd people moving, uh, going back and head back to their wagons, head back to the tents. All kind of remembering, so kind of like almost as if they left the place after the two freaks' music was lost in their ears. The weight of what's going to be... Griggs. The Griggs. Two Griggs. I think it's because we called <laughs> so them bad. fairies and they fairies, so and fairies and then like Griggs. Fairies and Griggs, Friggs. I, I was thinking about it before. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And I keep forgetting, I keep accidentally calling them uh, Briggs as well because I've been playing too much Sea of Thieves. <laughs> and just getting the pirate business going. But yeah, no, the, uh, the Griggs come back. And, um, oh, not the Griggs come back, sorry. They, and as soon as the music by the Griggs uh, disappears from their ears, they, the weight of tomorrow comes back. So everyone does look a bit sullen when they come back, not to mention a few of them are drunk. Um, yeah. And I'm going to leave it there. So next time we can go through the funeral. There it is. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, why is there jazz? Why is there jazz? Fusion. <laughs> <laughs> jazz fusion. <laughs>